This is Career Man Meets Housewife, Episode 7. And we are going to discuss a book that we have both read that has been influential. Impactful. And changed. I know it's changed my life and relationships for sure. But that book is... The Four Agreements. Um, I first actually read this book when I had just gone through my first divorce. Not that I'm going through a second divorce or anything like that, but like when I had gone through my divorce, that came out wrong. Anyways, um, and it really helped me like see myself different as well as the situation and him and like marriage and just relationships really. So, and then I read it again a couple years later and then I just barely was like challenged by someone else to listen to it or reread it. And it's... We were just discussing, like, it's a book I feel like people should read every year or two, for sure. Easily. So. And it's for me, I didn't read this book. Let's see, it's probably been a year and a half, and I read it with my wife, actually. And it was definitely life-changing for me. But we'll be able to get into that more. But I think we should start off with the, the first agreement which is be impeccable with your word. So I guess my question is, we know what it is, but what's your take on being, you know, more impec- impeccable with your words? Um, I think this one for me was when I was reading it before, there's a part in it where it talks about He says, if I love myself, I will express that love in my interactions with you. So, like, you'll express that in your interactions with other people. Mm -hmm. And then I am able to be impeccable with my word because that action will produce a like reaction. So, if you're impeccable with your word and you're speaking with love and truth, you're going to, people are going to react to you in that way. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I also feel like if you're, my husband and I kind of went through something similar with, being impeccable with your word and going back to like speaking your truth. If you can't speak your truth or talk about what is real in your heart, then life is basically fake Mm -hmm. to me. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. What about, what do you think? I think that it has a lot to do with being truthful. And I think it's how you use it, right? It's like be impeccable with your word is how you use it. The power of the word, like it says, in direction of truth and love. So by being very transparent and very honest, yes, it might hurt somebody's feelings, but if you're being 100% all the time, I think people are going to respect that more rather than if you're honestly like bullshitting them. Right. No, I agree. And then people are going to bullshit you less if you're bullshitting them less. Right. right. Yeah. They're going to be more authentic yeah. with you if you're going to be authentic. True. I think for me, the one, the hardest part that I struggle with, and I probably still struggle with it to this day, to be honest with you, is how it talks about like speaking about, I guess, like gossiping about others. And the reason why that's hard for me, like at my job, there's certain people that I work with that they just don't give a shit about their job and they don't take accountability. And it's really hard for not for me not to talk about them because they're affecting 
my work life, if right. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so that that's something for like for me that I know I need to work on. And if I started being more positive instead of just concentrating on all their negatives, it probably would actually help those relationships. Yeah. And when he talks about, in the book, he talks about gossiping and like how many times we use gossip to hook other people's attention. It's not really even what we truthfully feel about somebody else. Right. Or ourselves even. Like how many times have you been around someone who's just like, I'm so fat. Just because they're trying to hook your attention mm-hmm. to get attention, attention, and to get the opinions of others to basically like challenge whether or the not sympathy. They're right, yeah, yeah. But a lot of times it's just they're wanting clarification on their point of view that they're insecure about. In that, does that make sense? When people yeah. gossip, I feel like. But yeah, I th- I think that's a hard one to not get caught up in like. Well, even think about like, and I'm not trying to like drag family self into this, but like just think about family in general. You know, families talk, right? For sure. But I think there's a difference between gossiping and telling the actual truth, right? And if it's something, I, I got to get to really to that place where if it's something I'm going to say behind somebody's back, it's some, something I'm going to say to their face. Yeah, but Does that, that goes back to our last episode when we were talking about... How it's hard sometimes to talk to people about hard stuff. Right. Like sometimes it's easier to like gain perspective on a situation that's going on because you're closer to the situation or I'm closer. I think there's a difference between gossiping and like communicating about something. Like how you really feel. Yeah. Yeah. So I think gossip, like you say, is when you're trying to hook other people's attention to like get your point of view across versus just talking about a situation does that make sense yeah and not trying to like persuade somebody else or be persuasive or let your truth change does that make sense what i'm saying right that kind of got a little confusing but um i think the reason i struggle with this one is um speaking not being impeccable speaking about myself Mm -hmm. does that make sense i think but I also think everybody struggles with yeah. that. Yeah, but like how hard is it to not speak like integrity about yourself? Like there's always those like hippy-dippy feel things that are like put your head on your heart and tell yourself you love yourself. But like get specific about it and it's hard to be like I'm a good mom. Like I'm a hard worker. I'm whatever. Like I'm bringing sexy back to my husband. Like it's hard to like right. really be impeccable with how you really feel because so many times you're like you do kind of feel like shit about certain things. Well, and like, for example, like, like, like Alicia will tell me like what a great like guy I am and what a great person I am. And there's parts of me that believe that, but then I'm like, why? Like for me, it's like, well, am I being like too, I I guess I worry about not being humble about it. Does that make sense? Like to where, and I'm probably harder on myself than she is on me, if that makes sense. Don't you think we all are? Like, we're all harder on our individual selves. Yeah, but I think also, like, I, it comes to a point where I need to start giving myself that credit. Accepting the and it, like, compliment it, or whatever. Accepting yeah. the compliment and then also, like, forgetting about, like, who I was in, like, a previous life. Like, what I mean in previous life, like, before I met her or 
Or just like last year. Right. Like we were no, different. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what I mean. Like even yeah. like a year ago or like five years ago or 10 years ago, you know, we were different. Yeah. So anyways, I think, you know, being, being impeccable with your word, I think it matters. And what I've noticed is it's like, I got to be careful how I use words as, as far as like being more positive with myself, but not only with myself, like towards stuff I want to accomplish, like goals I want to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Being more like using more positive language instead of saying I can't or I can't afford this, you know, it kind of, I feel like this book really correlates in a kind of weird way with the secret, but this is way more deep. Like this book's way more deep than the secret for me spiritually. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Move on to the second one. Yeah. The second agreement. um, Don't take anything personal. <laughs> wow, we're gay. <laughs> that was awesome. But the, we're not gay. But we're that just one. Funny. But the, but that one's like really hard to. Like not so much for me now, but when I first read this, that's where I had to forgive a lot of people, for maybe shit that I was that I took personally, right? Yeah. The. the so, and this, I'm just going to read like the first little part. I think that's the best way to get some of this across. But in oh, the yeah, very first part of this, he, uh, don't take it personally. He says, whatever happens around you, don't take it personal. Easier said than done, right? That's me saying that. Mm-hmm. And then he says, using an early example from the story, if I see you on the street and I say, hey, you're stupid. Without knowing you, it's not about you. It's about me. Right. It's about something that I'm dealing with. It's about whatever. It's a reflection on that person saying mm-hmm. that. But then if you take it personally, then perhaps you believe you are stupid. So even if you don't really think that, the second someone says something, if you're like, wait, am I? Mm-hmm. It'll question, make you question. Make you question that. everything. Mm-hmm. Um, a while back, when I, the first time I went to Hawaii, I know I talk about that all the time, but we had a thing, an exercise where we stood in a room, and most of us women had never met each other. And at one point, we'd have to stand up, and it wasn't like we were at AA where it's like, hi, I'm Carrie, and I'm whatever. You would just stand up and be like, my name's Carrie. And people around the room would tell you things that they thought about you, or that they felt from you, or that they like saw in you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it was really weird to like see things in people and not know them at all. And then have other people that you later found out have known them for years that saw similar things. But then they were saying that the things that you see in other people are actually reflections of yourself. Now, like, sit with that for a minute. So think of somebody that annoys the shit out of you. Okay? There is something in that person that annoys the shit out of you because it truthfully annoys... You're annoyed about that same thing in yourself. Or reminds you of yourself. In some way, yes, yeah. Absolutely. Which has been so hard for me because there's totally things where like that drive me nuts and I can't stand about certain people. But you have, see it in yourself too. But after, the, after seeing that and hearing that, I was like, what is it about that thing that I can't stand about that person? And why? What is it in myself? Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's not the exact thing. It can be like, I can't even give an example. But like it can just be a little bit different. But it still like hits the same core value, if that makes sense at all. No, yeah, that totally makes sense because there's certain people that like I get annoyed with, 
right? But then I realized the reason why I probably get annoyed with them is because I was like them maybe at a certain age or I acted the same way or... Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. But for me, like to like really not take anything personally, I've... I think I've gotten to the point where I really don't let others influence me as far as if they, you know, give me like advice or if they're butthurt because I sent exclamation points in a text or question marks in a text. Like I have a coworker that will remain anonymous that's in management that was upset at me because I literally use exclamation points in my text, and that's just how I text. But that showed me that he was insecure mm. about me using exclamation points because he thought I was being, un- like, quote, unquote, rude. Right. No, that makes sense. For sure. Um, I think that it's hard, too, to live when someone says something and you take it a one way, right? So your coworker was offended by what you said, even though there was nothing that came across offensive, he automatically felt like in some way you were trying to create conflict or attack his beliefs. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's kind of how I feel when people take things personal. It automatically goes to that stuff. And I have a huge problem with this in my life. Like my husband and I have a hard time communicating about topics. And like recently I found like my daughter doesn't like to talk to me about things because... Um, they continually feel like I'm like attacking the way that they feel. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, and for me, I'm just like super curious and want to like know like why you think certain things function the way they do mm-hmm. or that certain things should be the way that they should be. Like it's not that I'm, and I might totally disagree with how you feel, but it's more, I ask more questions to try and understand and people in my life like feel attacked by those questions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or that I'm trying to create conflict in the topic. When you're not. When I'm not. And I, I didn't realize that I came across that way. But I also realized that like I can't take it personal that people don't have conversation with me. They just need to. And it's not that they need to be comfortable in their own space space or whatever. But just that know that like that's not my intention. Is to like attack them. Right. And then I think exactly it goes back to the whole point. It's like my intentions aren't to like hurt somebody or attack somebody. Yeah. But I think the biggest problem is, is I would say like 80% or higher of people that I interact with on a daily basis, they do take things personally, you know, and they, if everybody would learn really these, all these agreements in this book. Like, I really think the world would be a better place because people would realize, oh, so-so said something to me, but that's a reflection on him, not necessarily me. And not even, like, a reflection on those people, but the it's showing you the agreements they've made in their lives. Right. Right? So he says in this book, I'll go, I'm going to read this little part, because I was going to ask, like, well, maybe I'll ask you first. How have you, what have you done to like help you not take things personal? Like things you've done or tools you've used after reading this to like get through those times when you like catch yourself taking it personally. Well, I go back and I think 
first of all, is it worth really taking what that person said to me, like, personally? Like, is it really worth it? Is that, like, am I, because what I'm doing, what I feel like I'm doing is, if I do take it personally, then I'm creating something that necessarily doesn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. And then it puts a negative reflection on on myself, like in, in, in myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so that's where I'm like, okay, like, you know, I need to not take this personally. I just need. So in the, in this chapter too, and this is one of the things that after I've read it a few times, how many times have you read the book? Just once. Well, I've read the four agreements once and I, I, I read the uh, fifth agreement, which is like the follow up book that goes more in depth. Um, but the fourth agreement's a lot simpler and just straight to the point where I feel like the fifth, the five, the five agreements or the fifth agreements Mm -hmm. kind of just, you know what I mean? Bounce around a little bit. Yeah. So after reading this like a few times, I think it was the second or third time that it clicked for me in this part with don't take anything personal. He says, um, like when someone tells you something that's hurtful, ask yourself, Um, what it is that he's saying that is really hurting you. Okay. And then think about, it's not that what that person's saying, it's about the wounds that you have created at some point in your life that haven't healed. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And so it's going, but for me, I've had to like, if somebody continually offends me, I have to look at like what it is that is offending me about what that person's saying. And it can be multiple topics that I get offended in. But I've had to go back and say, okay, what is the wound that keeps opening with this person? Mm -hmm. And then try and heal it. And sometimes in healing it, I've had to just like remove that person from my life because the wounds are too deep or I can't, I'm not ready to heal them or I'm too stubborn to heal them. It's probably more what it is. But I was just going to read this at the end of this one. It says, there's no way that I can take this personal when someone says something and it's hurting you, right? It says, not because I don't believe in you or I don't trust you. Because I know that you see the world with different eyes. You see them with your eyes. And I think that goes back to like remembering someone's perspective. Like if someone's continually telling you're a piece of shit and you're fat and you're not worthy and you're not all this other stuff, like that really doesn't have anything to do with you. No. That's how they feel and that they're hurting and they might, but they might look at you and be like you, they might really feel like you are a piece of shit Mm -hmm. because of their beliefs. Like some people, it goes back to like for me. People think that because I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm lazy. And then there's other people who assume that because you're a working mom, that you don't love your kids. Right. You know what I mean? It's one of those things that's like, like I can't win. You don't know what the other person's seeing or feeling. Like, there's some people that cannot stay home with their kids because they financially have to support their family. Right. There's other people who cannot stay home with their kids because they would go crazy. Right. (laughs) Which I think that's why I'm crazy, but... It's just trying to understand like everyone has a different perspective because of the agreements they've made and learning to just say, okay, that is, that's their belief and that's how they see me, but that is not who I am. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. And one thing I just want to add to that, um, is what, one thing I've noticed is like, as far as like, don't take anything personally, it's like, I used to be really self-conscious of myself. As far as like my body and stuff like that goes. And one thing that helped me really stop being like that is because I noticed that my boys, my, you know, yeah. they, they started being like that. Mm-hmm. And 
it made me notice like, wow, like even though I'm not trying to rub this off on them, it is. They see everything. Because they see and hear yeah. everything, even though you think they might not. And so for me, that really told myself to really like kick my ass in gear and, you know, be like have more confidence in myself. Because I don't want my boys to grow up without any confidence and not knowing that they're, you know, they're great people. They're good looking. They can accomplish anything they want. They get to. that from their mom, though, that they're good looking. Just so you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. That's I mean, just my agreement, but. <laughs> right, right. No, but I agree. Like, you have to at some point, like, realize that we are all influential people, whether it's in our kids' lives, in our neighbors' lives, in our spouses. People we just interact with. People on a you interact with where you get your drinks from at the gas station yeah. or the grocery store, like. The way we carry ourselves definitely affects the people that are around us. Absolutely. Positive and negative. So, okay. um, what's the next one? The third agreement is don't make assumptions. So, and I'll just read a little bit of the start of the chapter. It says the third agreement is don't make assumptions. We have the tendency to make assumptions about everything. The problem with making assumptions is that we believe they are the truth. We could swear they are real. We make assumptions about what others are doing or thinking. We take it personally, then we blame them and react by sending emotional poison with our word. That is why when, whenever we make assumptions, we're asking for problems. Yeah. I mean, you just assume the person at the gas station doesn't like you when really you have no idea what's going on. Well, and for me, like growing up the way I did, I think the way my brain was taught was to think if anybody was ever like whispering or talking, Mm -hmm. that they're talking automatically, like my thing was, oh, they're talking about me. Right? So I would automatically assume that they're talking about me. One of those things like you walk into a room and everyone's laughing and you're like, they feel like they're laughing. Like you're not that. Like I have to tell myself like... You're not that special. Right. <laughs> like, it is not about you. Like, they're not. And even if it is, it's not. No, but. and it, even if it is, it's not that, like, it's not that big of a deal. And the other thing is, is, like, making the assumption about thinking you're that special really does create problems that aren't there. So have you made an assumption about somebody that has caused huge problems in your life or like a huge disconnect in relationship or work or career or caused you to like fail to see something that was really truthful in yourself. Do you get what I'm asking? Yeah, where I've made assumptions like before where it's like negatively impacted me. Yeah. I've done it a ton of times. Can you, like like, I'm just curious now. Like do you have an example of anything? I mean, it's so hard to like pick one. But uh, like I'll 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 like throw one out there. So, um, when I when me and Alicia lived up north, I uh, interviewed with eBay, and I got a job with them. Out of like 150 applicants, um, and I thought like I just assumed that they hired me because it was like a shit position, even though I was getting paid really well, and I thought it was like a, a position that would just die out. Okay. So I, I was totally assuming this, right? Because mm-hmm. you didn't have the confidence in yourself. Right. I didn't have the confidence in myself to they, think that I, could, that I actually belong there. 
Because, like, so they started me out at 120 grand a year, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, uh, and now I look back and I'm like, dumbass, dumbass. Yeah. Like, well, you know what I mean? But he, they, like, he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself at the time because my confidence wasn't where it should have been. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I assumed that, and by assuming that, I sabotaged myself, freaked myself out, and automatically, like, went back to, to my old job. Yeah. And it was, it's one of those things that I wish I would have never assumed, and truthfully, I wish I would have just stuck with. Because, I mean, not a lot of people can say that they've worked for, like, a Amazon or an eBay or whatever. It doesn't matter, like... You know, I felt like that was a good opportunity. Now, I don't, like, sit here and kick myself anymore about it because I've I've moved on from that. But making that assumption screwed myself in the end. Yeah. How about you? I don't know. There's got to be one. Oh, I'm sure. But it's just hard to, like... It's hard for me to sit and, like, what did I... What is something I've assumed that wasn't true? You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't... I So, I, I used to assume... Do you know one? Like, have you seen something no, in my life that no, you've been no, like, no. this is something? No, but I was just going to say, like, I used to assume that, like, for some reason, I guess I thought I was so important, which is so ridiculous, but, like, so important to where people would always talk shit about me. And the thing is, is, like, I came to the realization, like, dude, nobody... Like, it was almost like a paranoia. Yeah. Like, dude, like... Like, and then I finally got to the point, like, are you serious? Like, why are you even, like, going down that road? Like, you're just screwing yourself. Yeah. I think for me, it goes back, like, the whole assumption thing is, like, if I feel, like, if I'm assuming something, I don't wait to, like, I don't let the assumption sit. I try and, like, I'll commute. Like, if I feel like you think I'm a douchebag or a shitty mom, I'm mm-hmm. going to be like, hey, like, what gives? You know, like, and not that I want to, like, call you out or create drama, but I want to, like, protect myself from more drama or from assuming. Like, if I assume that you just think I'm a crappy mom or that I'm not raising my kids right or that my house is dirty or, like, if I just assume that people think these things about me, then I'm wasting my freaking time. And it goes back to that other book that we read, like, not really caring about what people think. It's not that I don't care what other people think or that I'm a... You know what I mean? I just... I don't have time for it. Like, I don't have time to worry about... Brene Brown says something about, like, don't worry about what the opinions of the people in the cheap seats. Mm -hmm. Like, regardless of what it is that we're doing, not that I'm, like, on this big stage like she is, but it doesn't matter what the opinions are of... The lion doesn't care what the sheep has to say. No. You know what I mean? No. So, what he does say in here, and I like about some of the stuff he talks about, is, like, it helps you... If you're assuming something about something, he kind of tells you how to, like, work through that so that you can't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't just say, don't assume, now move on. Like, it's easier said than done, for sure. But he says to find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Like, if people could ask questions and legitimately sit down and, like, clear up misunderstandings or drama and then express what they wanted and be willing to hear what other people want... Things would be so much better, like marriages, relationships, the jobs, whole wor- the whole world, education, the like whole everything. World. Yeah, the whole world would be so yeah. much better. Yeah. I mean, look at look at like look at the world we live in today. Like, like even if you look at like politically, like one political side is assuming 
the other political side's point of view and vice versa, right? Like, mm-hmm. And that's why we're in the mess we're in is because they're all assuming. And it's just like we could live in a way better world if, if you learn not to assume. And I think, you know, for me, you know, I always tell people when they say, well, I assume... I say, you know what assume means? It makes an ass out of you and me. Like, never assume. And, like, I, even when I was younger in my career, I used to have this uh, guy I used to work with, and he always used to tell me, like, don't assume. And I thought he was just saying it well, to like, me think, ass. think of how different your job situation would have been if you would have gone to eBay and been like, listen, <clears throat> I just want to get clear on my position because I really, I look at this position and I don't know why you picked me. I feel unqualified. I want to know that it's like a legit position and that I'm important to this company, like for real. Like I need right. you to like stroke my ego a little bit right? because I really don't feel capable of this. Like why? And clear up the misunderstanding. Like you felt they were just like, and eh, we needed to fill this position and we're eBay, so whatever. Right. But it really, they saw something in, the, in you that you didn't see. And right. in communicating that, like you'll be able to look at yourself in a better way. And understand what they see in you that you don't see in yourself. Well, and truthfully, to not make assumptions takes a lot of guts. Because you do have to ask those questions. Yeah. And sometimes you don't want to know. But I think it's... (laughs) You don't want to know, but I think it's the best thing to find out. Yeah, sometimes it's easier just to It might be hard, but I think it's... The one thing that I like that he says is with just this one agreement you can completely transform your life. And I think, I know for a fact, that's completely 100% truth. Totally. For me, it is. I agree. And I think it just goes, for me, it's because it's like, just ask questions. Oh, yeah. Because so many times people are just like, they'll look any, I feel like I do it sometimes. Like, I'll look at you and ask a question over like a podcast. And I just assume you know the answer. Right. But maybe I don't. But at the same time, like, if you're assuming I know the answer... Or I know how to, like, wire this new mic we got, and I don't. Then both of us are trying to fumble around with this thing that we don't know how to work. And we both end up looking like idiots. Right. But it also, like, you can't grow if you don't ask questions. Like, you can't gain an education or perspective without... And I think that's why I like to ask questions so much is because I... It's not that I'm questioning what people think. It's that I really want to know the way that they're thinking and what got them to that like conclusion or whatever. Right. Um, no, I like yeah. it. So don't assume y'all. <laughs> don't assume y'all. <laughs> um, the last one is always do your best. I feel like that's what like our T-ball coaches used to tell us. Like yeah. always do your best. Yeah. Always do your best. But like, what's hard for me is that your best isn't always the same. And he says that. No. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. I remember going like, in my earlier years of starting to like work out after not being in the best shape, I remember telling myself like, right now, this is my best. Like this 20 Mm -hmm. minutes is kicking my ass, but it's my best. But in six months, it's no longer going to be my best. It's going to be my warm up. Right. You know what I mean? You got to start somewhere. Yeah. So, and I think that's nice to know, like, just because it's your best now, you might feel inadequate in so many things, which I do. Like, especially as a mom of a teenager and young kids and a husband who travels and a woman, I think, in general, 
Like there's so many things that are out there to make you feel inadequate that to realize that like today, if you're doing your best, that's great. And tomorrow your best might be worse than it was today. But, and I, th- and I think along that lines, as long as you know, truthfully, it is your best. That's all that matters. As long as you know, you're truthfully doing your best. And cause everybody knows when they're like shortchanging themselves or not doing their best. Like, Do they? Do they know, or are they just using that as a cop-out of like... Well, no, they're using that as a cop-out. But they're using that as a cop-out because of how they were taught. That's why this book's so, like, life-changing, right? It's because of how everybody was taught the same way. Like, through, you know, we've talked about this, through grade school, through middle Mm -hmm. school, through high school. Mm -hmm. You know, you're taught a certain way. Yeah. And so... I think it's because of how they were taught. So it almost gives them a, I don't want to say a crutch, but yeah, a crutch almost to be like, well, I'm doing my best. I didn't eat that third Twinkie today. You know what I mean? Right. But do, you, it's like, do you also feel like some people use it as a crutch of like, well, I'm doing my best. If you guys could see me, I'm using quotations. Like they don't feel like they're capable of more or that they're worthy of doing better. I think it, it could be both. I mean, it could be either or. Yeah. I don't know. I was just, I really was asking. I don't know. Like. But I mean, it could, think about it. It could be either or though. Like somebody's best to them could be that they got out of bed this morning and took a shower because they're so depressed or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's little steps, but I guess the whole point, our whole point is what we're trying to get across is those little steps, they lead to bigger steps. Like, bigger steps, bigger triumphs. Like, for me, when I first started working out, like, it sucked. I hated it. Like, I would go to the gym and run, like, 20 minutes on the treadmill, which I hated. And then I would go work out, maybe do, like, I don't know, three sets of this. Like, three exercises, basically. And now I've gone from that to, like, nine. Right? But that was, like, eight months ago. Mm -hmm. But you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And you've got to be honest with yourself through the process, too. You can't. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know when you're bullshitting yourself. And so I think that's why it's so important to always do your best is because if you truthfully know you're always doing your best, I mean, it's really hard to stop somebody under no matter what circumstance it is to like accomplish whatever they want. As long as they're giving it, you know, 100 100 100. (laughs) so with the whole like doing your best thing i think part of it is if you can truthfully look yourself in the mirror or focus on your don't look in the mirror because it's hippie shit whatever like don't put your hand on your heart and be like i'm doing my best i don't think it's hippie shit necessarily because i mean think about like people like they tell like a lot of like influencers or just like self-improvement stuff they tell you to look in the mirror and say you know like i am good looking like, but you got to believe it, right? And even if you don't believe it, keep saying it until you do believe it. So it goes back to that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could sit there and not believe it, but if you tell yourself something enough, it's just like the news, right? That's why the news is so messed up. Mm-hmm. They try to repeat stuff so much to make people believe it. Yeah. Same thing with like talking to yourself in the mirror, mm-hmm. right? If you say it enough times, you're going to start to fill it and believe it. And that's like huge for anybody. Yeah. So... I think for me, like, and it, when people have their insecurities and stuff, if you look at the, 
you're doing your best and don't think about what you're not doing, you're able to like take away some of that like self judgment mm-hmm. and like shame. Really, yeah. like if you tell yourself that you're gonna do something every day. So my husband's been like, he'll get up every morning and he works out and then he journals. Well, he's like sick right now. And so his throat hurts. He's tired. We were up late last night. Like he didn't go to all asleep. And he got up this morning. He was just like totally down on himself that he didn't go run. But at the same time, he wasn't. He was more worried that I was going to be like, down. you're slacking. Like get your shit in gear. But he with himself had said like, no, like today, this is my best because right. I am sick. And because I am this or whatever, like, or like, you're not going to have self-judgment if you know you're doing your best. You're not going to have guilt or shame or regret if you know you woke up today and like did the best you could today. And right. like I say, sometimes it's different. Sometimes I stay in bed and watch Paw Patrol all day. Other days we like don't eat cereal for three meals a day. We actually like go to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Not that I, I clearly don't or cook Durango's. dinner. Or Durango's. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that's a hard one for me. To Why? always, to always do my best. Well, is it because, because I'll tell you how, like, why this one's a little bit hard for me is because when I'm doing my best, what I worry about is like what I'm not doing. Does that make sense? Like, even though I know I'm doing my best, then I worry about the stuff that I'm not doing. But I think that's more of a worldly, like, perspective. Like, what do you mean? Like, like you're doing your best because you're going to the gym, taking your care of yourself, but then you're not. But then I'm like, am I then? Yeah, because then I, but then I'm like, but so I started going in the mornings, which is way better before like the family wakes up, right? So that way I don't feel like guilty about like taking away time from the family. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because even though I was doing my best and I go work out at night, it's like my kids are at home after school. You know right. what I mean? Right. And then I'm not coming home till 7 o'clock, and I'm spending maybe an hour, hour and a half with them, and then they're going to bed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Like, that's that's where, I, like, I get a little bit torn, is the fact that it's like... But I, I think... So, like, your wife said something to me the other day. We were going to try... I was needing to, like, not be around my children for a little bit. And she was very good about being, like... We were going to go to dinner and a movie, just like us sisters, Right. And she was like, I can't. Like, I've neglected my kids over the last few days, and I really need to be there for them. Like, I need to spend time with my family. And I think that was good, because it wasn't that she was like... I don't feel like she came across of, like, guilt and shamed herself because she wasn't a better mom Monday through Thursday. Right. But she recognized that, like, no, today my focus is on doing my best, making sure I'm spending time with my kids. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I have to make sure to realize that like my focus, especially with my schedule, is going to change on what I can do my best on. Like there's some mornings I can't get up and walk my dog because there's too much other stuff on the calendar. Right. But then on those days that there's a lot on the calendar, like I can make sure that I'm having good conversation with my kids in between like carpool or that we're eating good healthy meals. Like and other days we don't. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not saying that you have to do your best in every area. But just focusing on whatever area is important for you in that moment. And that, that, that that's your best. That you put it, give it that. That you give it your best. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. Whatever it does to me. So, I don't know. Did you want to read that thing at the end? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. So one one cool thing about the end of this book, um, there's this literally like prayer section. And just so you know, it follows the Toltec religion, which I'm not like a Toltec, like I can tell you right now. Like, I'm just, uh, I'm... It's not, I don't know that it's a religion. It's I think just it's a, way, a wisdom. Way of, it's like a wisdom, a way of thinking. Wisdom, what do you yeah. say? Right? And I want to get into that more a little bit. Like where he actually like, what made him sit down and come to this, these right. four agreements and why he felt like these ones were helpful and beneficial into like helping us get back to our true selves. Right. So I wouldn't mind that, but it was really cool. The first time I when not the first time when I listened to this book. I was was tanning and I was listening to it, and it's totally like a meditation prayer type thing. Oh yeah. It's so like if you can download it and listen to the book at the end, and like it was a cool like guided meditation prayer at the end. So, yeah, Charles gonna read it. So this one is the prayer for love. So it says we are going to share a beautiful dream together, a dream that you will love to have all of the time. In this dream, you are in the middle of a beautiful, warm, sunny day. You hear the birds, the wind, and a little river. You walk toward the river. At the edge of the river is an old man in meditation. And you see that out of his head comes a beautiful light of different colors. You try not to bother him, but he notices your presence and opens his eyes. He has the kind of eyes that are full of love and a big smile. You ask him, how is he able to radiate all of the beautiful light? You ask him if he can teach you to do what he is doing. He replies that many, many years ago, he asked the same question of his teacher. The old man begins to tell a story. My teacher opened his chest and took out his heart, and he took a beautiful flame from his heart. Then he opened my chest, opened my heart, and he put that little flame inside it. He put my heart back in my chest, and as soon as my heart was inside me, I felt intense love because of the flame he put in my heart was his own love. That flame grew in my heart and became a big, big fire, a fire that doesn't burn, but purifies everything that it touches. And that fire touched each of the cells of my body and the cells of my body loved me back. I became one with my body, but my love grew even more. That fire touched every emotion of my mind and all of the emotions transformed into a strong and intense love. And I love myself completely and unconditionally. But the fire kept burning and I had the need to share my love. I decided to put a little piece of my love in every tree and the trees loved me back. And I became one with the trees, but my love did not stop. It grew more. I put a piece of love in every flower, in the grass, in the earth, and they loved me back. And we became one. And my love grew more and more to love every animal in the world. They responded to my love and they loved me back. And we became one. But my love kept growing and growing. I, I put a piece of my love in every crystal and every stone in the ground, in the dirt, in the metals. And they loved me back. And I became one with the earth. And then I decided to put my love in the water, in the oceans, in the rivers, in the rain, in the snow. And they loved me back, and we became one. And still my love grew more and more. I decided to give my love to the air, to the wind. I felt a strong communication with the earth, with the wind, with the ocean, with nature. And my love grew and grew. I turned my head to the sky, to the sun, to the stars, and put a little piece of my love in every star, in the moon, in the sun. And they loved me back. And I became one with the moon, and the sun, and the stars. And my love kept growing and growing. 
and I put a little piece of my love in every human, and I become one with the whole of humanity. Wherever I go, whomever I meet, I see myself in their eyes because I am part of everything because I love. And the old man opens his own chest, takes out his heart with that beautiful flame inside, and he puts that flame in my heart. And now that love is growing inside of you. Now you are on one with the wind, with the water, with the stars, with all of nature, with all of animals, with all of hu- with all humans. You feel the heat of the light emanating man- from the flame in your heart. Out of your head shines a beautiful light of different colors. You are radiant with with the glow of love, and you pray. Thank you, Creator, for the universe, for the gift of life has given you. Thank you for giving me everything that I have ever truly needed. Thank you for the opportunity to experience this beautiful body and this wonderful mind. Thank you for living inside me with all your love, with your pure and boundless spirit, with your warm and radiant light. Thank you for using my words, for using my eyes, for using my heart to share your love wherever I go. I love you just the way you are. And because I am your creation, I love myself just the way I am. Help me to keep the love and the peace in my heart and to make that love a new way of life that I may live in love the rest of my life. Amen.